Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Talking Stuff. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Andrew Ellis. This is the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast presented by The Podcast. It's Thursday night, and that's when we do this show. And uh, this is a big weekend for Ohio State. It's senior weekend for the Buckeyes. It is a weekend where Ohio State will host some recruits. It's not a, a weekend like we've seen for the Michigan State game or the Penn State game, Andrew. But it, it, it's an opportunity for the coaching staff to handle their business, and then immediately get moved on to Michigan, uh, provided that they take care of Minnesota as expected. And because of that, it is a weekend that the Buckeyes are going to try and limit how many of those big-time recruits that they should have uh, to worry about. I think it's funny. I asked someone close to the program on Thursday, is this, uh, you know, how, is, this a, is this a small weekend as far as recruits go? And the answer was, yeah, I think there's only going to be about 40 or 50 kids there. And I'm like, that's not a lot. That's not small. But it, it it is indicative of the fact that the the recruits that are coming this weekend are not the people that are the headliners we normally see. But there is uh, uh, there are a handful of them. Andrew and I are going to try to make this a relatively short episode of Talking Stuff, folks, because our Cincinnati Bengals are playing for their playoff lives tonight, and we need to be uh, fully ensconced in our role as as fans for them. Because if we're not there to support them, they're going to lose, and so we're just going to focus on that. Yeah. Um, unlike last Sunday when we were both actively supporting them and, and they still uh, managed to lose. But uh, yeah, was, I mean, not every. CJ Stroud. Yeah, that's true. There's, I mean, nobody can overcome that power, at least not right now in the NFL, it seems. So, um, but yeah, I mean, not every weekend is going to be this huge hundred plus visitor weekend or anything like that. And that number that you mentioned, 40 or 50 or whatever, is even more than I would have guessed. But as you said, only a couple of really big names that we're talking about right now. I, I do kind of wonder how these types of weekends will give, if they give the staff a little bit more time to kind of dedicate to those guys, although they're obviously game planning and that kind of thing. But yeah, one more, one more home one. And then, uh, and then they travel up North. So a uh, big few weeks. Yeah. You'll see this weekend at Ohio state, a lot of local kids, a lot of 2025 prospects, a lot of 2026, 2027s that come in from around the state to get their first opportunity to really experience Ohio state game day atmosphere as a recruit. This is sort of that the the first step towards building the relationships with those kids who are two and three classes away. So there may be a lot of names that we'll talk about after this weekend, but heading into the weekend, there's really four or five of them, and that's that's what we're going to focus on. The first one is Julian Lula, Julian Lewis, the number one ranked player in the country in the class of 2026, five star quarterback from Carrollton, Georgia, who's committed to USC. Um, Last week on Kings of Columbus, I joined Doug and Bill to do like a two-hour episode about just recruiting, and we were talking about position by position, and, and I mentioned that the biggest need for Ohio State in the quarterback room, in my opinion, was to continue to just swing like crazy for Julian Lewis. Uh, when I said that, I didn't realize that he was visiting this weekend. That didn't come until uh, Monday of night of this week when Julian uh, it let me know that he was making the trip. It's it's a Saturday morning to Sunday morning type of trip, not a huge uh, window for the Buckeyes to make a splash, but because it's a four o'clock game, there will at least be the opportunity for Ryan Day and Corey Dennison and Todd Fitch and the rest of the Buckeyes uh, brain trust around the quarterback position to spend a lot of time with Juju and his family in the, in the early part of the day, he'll get a chance to experience skull session. And, and really he said, this is the opportunity to just take that first step in the relationship with Ryan Day. And, um, I, I know it's early in his recruitment. He's committed to USC. I'll be shocked if this kid says committed to USC and signs with USC, unless he reclassifies into the class of 2025. Let me be clear. 
which is still, I guess, a possibility for him. But uh, Andrew, what do, what do you make of this trip, and and how important do you think it is to get Juju Lewis on on campus? So I remember watching him when his one game was televised early on in the high school season, and I mean he looks legit. I can see why he's a uh, one of the handful of guys they've prioritized. Um, really over the next three classes, two of those guys are already committed in 2024 and 2025 respectively. But I thought he was going to be committing to Alabama. I don't know. That's just was kind of my early read on it. Obviously I wasn't like as invested in this one as I have been in a lot of the 2024 recruitments, but he uh, he's the guy they want for 2026. He's clearly the guy Lincoln Riley wanted. Um, I do kind of, I mean, it's getting him on campus is huge at any time, whether it's against Minnesota or against Penn state, but I do kind of wonder like how things would go if he were to reclassify with with Tavian St. Clair committed, like how that would all go. I don't know how sure he is on doing that or what the odds are of it, but I don't know. Interesting, uh, interesting one to follow. Yeah, I was told very early on in this recruitment that what Juju Lewis was looking for outside of what will be a fairly substantial NIL uh, component to his recruitment, but that's that's a given. I mean, with any five-star player at this point, uh, but when you're a quarterback, it's different. Um, the, the real conversation was from the beginning that there was a belief that Julian Lewis would only really consider Lincoln Riley or Ryan day. And, uh, we'll see if that changes over time. Georgia's offense is starting to, you know, find some identity and getting better. Um, Alabama, obviously, as you mentioned, is always there. I think Alabama would be one of those schools where if a reclassification happened, you'd have to watch out for them early, uh, as opposed to, um, you know, like Georgia, Alabama, I think would be more of a threat if, if that happens because Ohio State and USC have different plans uh, at the position. But regardless, it's an opportunity to get the best player in the country on campus. I don't expect or I don't believe that Chris Henry Jr. is going to be on campus this weekend for Ohio State, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was at least an attempt to make sure he was there to hang out with Julian Lewis as well this weekend, just to build that connection between wide receiver and quarterback. Uh, Ohio State did host Three separate 2026 quarterbacks last weekend for the Michigan State game. Jared Curtis, uh, Will Griffin, and um, Jonas Williams from Illinois, who are three of the top five players in the country at that position. So really, it's obvious to see that the Buckeyes have begun the full approach now to the class of 2026 at quarterback. Here we are. There's a month until Aaron Nolan can sign his letter of intent. Tavian St. Clair committed in the class of 2025. You'd think that you wouldn't have to worry about any sort of uh, drama or anything in that recruitment so it does give you an opportunity to get a head start um unfortunately not the head start you'd want because he's already committed to usc but uh this visit is important he tried to visit in the summer multiple times there was talk about coming earlier in the year he didn't make it um to, to say he's making it that that is the plan like there have been plane tickets purchased there's like there's no it doesn't seem like there's any turning back at this point so um pretty huge visit for him and i think ryan day will spend a lot of time with him on saturday morning a lot. Yeah. And it's obviously understandable for any high school quarterback to want to play for, for Ryan day or Lincoln Riley. Obviously CJ Stroud is destroying the NFL right now. Lincoln Riley sent a handful of guys to the NFL. Caleb Williams is going to be the number one draft pick, but I do a part of me does kind of wonder if he looks at how the programs have done lately and kind of maybe sees that Caleb Williams never played like in a playoff game or anything like that, if that could matter at all, but I don't know, getting him on campus is big in itself. So uh, we'll see how things go. Yeah, I mean, if you look back over the last few years, when when those players that that top ranked quarterback when they show up at Ohio State, like the relationship generally takes off from there. I mean, the Dylan Rayola recruitment was one of those where there was all the talk in the world about Jaden Davis and Jaden Davis, Jaden Davis, and Dylan Rayola shows up one time 
And all of a sudden, the Buckeyes are the favorite, and and the relationship obviously uh, had some some issues when he decommitted. But like, is the Buckeyes do an exceptional job in explaining what it means to be a quarterback in their system and why quarterbacks are thriving in their system? And then you look at the NFL in the last five years; uh, it's hard to argue against it. I mean, yeah, you you can look at what Lincoln Riley has done with the Heisman and you know Baker Mayfield and um, Kai, Kai, what's his name? You know, the little Kyler, guy in Arizona. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Uh, Jalen Hurts for the year that he had him, et cetera. But like outside of Hurts, I mean, it, there isn't really a separation. And I don't even know that Hurts, I mean, he, he's been in the Super Bowl. He's played well. But I don't think you can look at Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud versus Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts and say, oh, well, those guys are so much better than the Buckeyes in the NFL. I don't think that really translates. So. The argument is like, okay, maybe you can win the Heisman in this offense, but are you really being developed better for the NFL? And I think if you stacked up what CJ Stroud is doing and how prepared he was for the NFL as the one guy who had three years in Ryan Day's system, like it, it seems like maybe there's evidence to support that the Buckeyes would be a better fit. Now, again, there's going to be a lot of things that play into this recruitment. Um, most of it's going to be NIL, so we'll see what Ohio State decides to do. But as I wrote on Thursday or on Wednesday at OhioStateRivals.com, this is still like an opportunity for Ohio State to make sure that Julian Lewis is a player and a person that they even really want to push that far into uh, to to really figure out if it's the right fit for them and what they're wanting to do. They love Jared Curtis, the kid from Tennessee who was visiting last weekend. Um, they will. Will uh, Will Griffin, who camped this summer and was unbelievable, um, there's there's opportunities there to to make some some moves, but uh, it is a sign that they are moving forward and getting into 2026. Just so. just quick clarification: Did you say you think if he does reclassify, he do, he will not stay at USC? Is that what you is that what you said, or am I mixing backwards? Uh, I initially was told that if he did reclassify to 2025, that it would be a good thing for like Alabama or Georgia. Okay. Um, I don't know with Georgia's 2024 situation with Puglisi and Riola that that is true uh, for, for the Bulldogs. I could see it being true for Alabama, who, despite the fact that they have a really good quarterback committed in the class of 2024, um, you know, you could at least see an argument where the rest of the guys behind uh, in, in that they have there are not necessarily world beaters. So um, in USC, you have Malachi... Nelson in the class of 2023. I don't know what they have committed in 24 at quarterback, but I, 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 think, I think he would be in a, I think USC would be a, a, a likely choice still. My opinion, it may be different from what I was told initially. I think that it'd stick with USC, but got it. The longer it goes, the better. Because again, as I said in that episode of Kings of Columbus last week, I don't see a, a world where Lincoln Riley's the head coach at USC in three years. So just, just my personal vibe. You know, who knows? Uh, Carlin Jones, who was supposed to visit officially a week ago for the Michigan State game, is visiting this weekend for the Minnesota game. He is the lone official visitor for the Buckeyes this weekend. Six foot three, 295 pound defensive tackle from Bay City, Texas, committed to Nebraska. Uh, I think I kind of had this kid on, on like quasi flip watch this weekend, Andrew. I, it's, I, I, I don't know that this trip would be happening so quickly and with such zest. And such, you know, zealousness if it wasn't important to the kid to get to campus. Arriving with his mom, his dad, and his sister uh, on Saturday morning. He'll stay Saturday through Monday. Ohio State wants another defensive tackle. He seems to be the guy they've identified. And 
I'm looking at this from a perspective of, we talked about it a week ago when, when we mentioned up Carlin Jones for the first time. The Nebraska side of things is really, really high on Carlin Jones. And I think about what Matt Rule had done with defensive ends and defensive linemen at Baylor. And I, like, I trust Matt Rule's evaluation of a defensive lineman, a big kid from Texas like that, super productive. Like, I, I don't think that's a player that Ohio State fans should just dismiss because he's committed to Nebraska. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And like we've touched on before, just the the turnaround time from offer to interest to visit being scheduled is just so quick. I mean, there's clearly a lot of interest there and combine that with the fact that Nebraska is not in a tremendous spot right now as a program. Um, I think I think the the flip flip watch is pretty high on that one, whether it happens this weekend or next week or middle of December, whatever. Yeah, uh, it's it's an opportunity for the Buckeyes to add some depth to the defensive line situation. Uh, the, they will spend the weekend trying to show Carlin Jones and his family why they need another defensive tackle in this class. And I think a lot of that conversation will be focused on Tyreek Williams and Michael Hall and Ty Hamilton and what those guys are going to do in, with their future. Um, I think the interesting thing is we saw earlier this week that Ernest Willer from Baltimore uh, is scheduled to have an official visit to Ohio State in December, another defensive tackle. And it's my personal belief that if Carlin Jones decides, hey, I want this spot, that that official visit for Ernest Willer will probably not happen. Uh, because at that point, I can't see a scenario where you'd need a fourth defensive tackle in this class. But I, I suppose that depends on how many other defensive linemen still are floating in the ether. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's going to be a huge defensive line class, obviously, and several guys that have kind of positional versatility. And then you got the big guy in the middle of Justin Scott. But yeah, I had kind of forgotten about Willer until I saw the uh, tweet about the visit. So I fig- I feel like Penn State and maybe Maryland were the other ones that were really big into that one. But maybe that visit doesn't end up happening. So I guess we'll see how this weekend goes with um, with Jones. Yeah, it's been talked about a lot with Willer over the last couple months of like, oh, they're still interested, they're still interested. But like to me, the fact that the visit is being put at the end of, of the Ohio State official visit schedule would indicate that maybe there are some moving parts in front of him in their mind that uh, would be more important. Um, one position where there's not a lot of guys more important um, than Naeem offered is uh, the cornerback in the class of 2025. Naeem is a uh, borderline five-star, uh, depending on which network you're looking at. Uh, a sure thing, five star on others. He's from Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, he visited Ohio State in July and he's coming back this weekend to see Ohio State in person. He will get a lot of attention from Tim Walton and the Buckeyes as they try to put together what is really uh, shaping up to be a really special 2025 group of uh, defensive backs if, if they can go where things seem to be going, like with Devin Sanchez, et cetera. So I think it's an opportunity. Now, Recruiting Alabama is certainly never easy. This is a kid that um, is has offers from all the big boys already in, in the South, so it's not like you're trying to get in there and sneak in and say, oh, well, we're, we're the first to get there. Like It's not the case, but uh, Naheem Offord is a player that Ohio State made a big impression on in July. He said he was blown away uh, by campus, by the coaches, by everything when he was here then. So uh, it seems like an opportunity for Ohio State to – but drop a little bit of like a, a sprinkle, a little sugar on there, Andrew. Like, hey, you know, if you and let's say Devin Sanchez wanted to play together, then maybe there's an opportunity for you to do that here. And you can point to the 2017 class uh, where you had the number one ranked corner in Jeff Okuda and the number two ranked corner in Sean Wade and uh, number five ranked corner 
in Marcus Williamson. Like you can say, hey, we've done this before. There's an opportunity for you to to all play. Um, big weekend. Let's just say, I mean, that, it's it's rare for a kid from Alabama to come up to Ohio this time of the year. Now it helps that the SEC is playing chicken Saturday, uh, so nobody wants to see those games that are going on down there. So uh, you at least have, you know, a Big Ten game that uh, the kid is coming to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for him to be on campus, but I've learned my lesson with some of these situations, such as like defensive tackles from the state of Louisiana or cornerbacks like AJ Harris from the Alabama, Georgia area. So that, that side of me is like, obviously kind of pessimistic on this, but, but the fact that he's coming back, you said July, he was on campus. Is that right? No, he was on, he was in town for the Buckeye barbecue and bash thing, uh, like July 29th. So this is two trips in three and a half months. That's, that's not nothing. Yeah. Two trips in three and a half months combined with just Tim Walton's ability on the recruiting trail does give me like reason to at least pay attention to this one. So glad he's coming. Yeah. It's not nothing. Let's just say like that. And I I do think that there's a very good chance Dorian brew will be back in town this weekend as well. He had initially tried to make it for the Penn state game and wasn't able to arrange a flight. Uh, I talked to him on Thursday afternoon. He said, he's trying to get that scheduled right now. He's coming home to Ohio for Thanksgiving next week. And so there's a, it would sort of line up for him to just come a, a little earlier. Uh, that's, that's the goal. So we'll see if Dorian Brew shows up um, on Saturday as well. But as far as the big names go that we're expecting at Ohio State this weekend, those are sort of the group. Those are sort of the groups. That is sort of the group. Uh, I'm not always great when it comes to, you know, that sort of stuff. Words, words are hard, man. Words are super hard. Um, and that's really all we're talking about tonight on this episode of Talking Stuff. And so let's just move right to it, Andrew. Let's move to the four-minute offense. And let's just get to the questions. Last week, the four-minute offense took us about 16 minutes to get through. So I think there was a lot of TV commercials, a lot of TV timeouts, media timeouts, 30-second uh, timeouts, whatever it takes. Let's just get through them. What do you, what do you got? What are, we, what are we talking about tonight? There is some fear, trepidation, if you will, among the uh, fan base with Jeremiah Smith, as there has been for months. But it seems like that fear is kind of ramping up a bit now. He was just at Florida State last week. He was photographed with Mike Norvell. He took allegedly took Ohio State commit out of his social media stuff. I have no idea if it was ever in there. I think he did that a while ago. I think he did that a while ago. He probably did. But, you know, if you can see anything to worry about, you have to you have to worry about it. Um, But. He's also returning to Florida State for his final official official visit, like days before the early signing period. Um, I think that's kind of been the plan all along, though, and that the, his intentions have been relayed to Ohio State. But I just I know that final weekend before the early signing period, there's going to be future casts or RPMs or crystal balls coming in for a flip. I just know it, and there's going to be panic amongst among the fan base. So just anything change there on your end or all status quo compared to you know what we've been saying the entire time. If Brian Hartline's there, he'll be there. It's how it feels. I mean, from what I understand, talking to people around the Ohio State program, there's been no drop-off or change in tenor of conversation with Jeremiah Smith and his family in Ohio State. Now, does that mean that they couldn't just be completely full of crap? I guess they could be, but I don't think that that's I don't think that's the case. I don't think you have a three and a half year long relationship with a kid and his family the way that Brian Hartline and Ohio State have with Jeremiah Smith and have it all mean absolutely nothing. Do I do I look at Florida State and and knowing what they were able to accomplish um, on the NIL front, like with KJ Bolden and that sort of stuff? It, does it make you uh, 
pause a little bit? Sure, it should. I mean, we don't know. In this era of college football, there is a great big green unknown out there, and you never know at what point that number becomes untenable for Ohio State to even consider. What I will say is this. Jeremiah Smith is the best player in the country. Ohio State has recruited him longer than anybody else. It has been his dream to play at Ohio State since he was a freshman in high school. There is no world where he had would have committed to Ohio State as long as he's been committed to Ohio State uh, if, if, if there wasn't a really solid plan in place for NIL for him in Columbus. like That is a guarantee. He is not going to be hurting in that situation at Ohio State. I still believe that most of these other visits are occurring because there is a financial incentive for them to occur. Uh, and it's maybe, maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe it's the dirty secret of the South, whatever. I think it's obvious that there's something else being gained there because no, there is no other real traction being gained by these schools that continue to host him. Like, at least not publicly, at least not in tone in, in terms of how the conversation is with Ohio State. So I, I just don't think it changes unless Brian Hartline and Ryan Day aren't at Ohio State, period. And maybe that's, maybe, maybe Brian Hartline gets an opportunity to be a head coach a year from now and, and then he leaves and maybe Jeremiah Smith goes with him. Who knows? Maybe the relationship's that solid. Maybe, maybe it's not. Um, but I don't know. And I, I, this is not a knock on Florida State. Like their offense is good. Johnny Wilson's a good player. Keon Coleman's a good player. Like, uh, they're not doing with, they're not doing the things that Ohio State's receivers are doing. And I know you can look at statistics and say, oh, Keon Coleman does this. It's the same conversation that was had a year ago with Jalen Hyatt. People saying that Jalen Hyatt was a better receiver than uh, Marvin Harrison a year ago. It's stupid. It's not the same thing. Just because you can run a nine route doesn't mean you're a better receiver. Doesn't mean you're actually learning anything. Johnny Wilson's six foot seven and two hundred and twenty pounds. Like you just throw him the ball. Keon Wilson's six foot five and two hundred twenty pounds. You just jump ball him. Those guys are not playing the position of wide receiver the way Ohio State's guys are, and that's easy to see on film. It doesn't mean they're not productive. It doesn't mean they're not good players. It doesn't mean they won't get drafted because all those things are true. But it, for a player like Jeremiah Smith, the reason he picked Brian Hartline, the reason he picked Ohio State, is because he knows he's going to get turned into the best receiver in America. And that hasn't changed. So in my mind, barring a absolutely ludicrous like uh, United Arab Emirate type of offer where it's like, a, here's a $25 million and you become part owner of, of Joke Walker Stadium. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they can offer that Ohio State is not able to do. And again, the relationship is never, ever, ever soured. And that's not just with Brian Hartline. That's also Ryan Day, who's very, very involved. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. So calm down to the fan base is what I would say. Uh, we said we were going to keep this to four minutes. We just spent four minutes on Jeremiah Smith. So right, um, same position. Uh, Chance Robinson visited last week, last weekend, supposed to make a final decision here in the next handful of days, I guess. Do we have a vibe one way or another on that one or? anything my gut my gut tells me he's going to stick with miami I, I i know that ohio state would love for him to make a decision so that they can move on one way or the other um i, I just think that he's going to stick with miami uh, it's it, i haven't been told that ohio state was pretty optimistic as of monday morning but i don't know my my opinion is 
I'm I'm just not feeling that personally. Could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I, it's just not what I'm. I'm not getting that vibe. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, Hartline wants four receivers though, and assuming he does sign the ones he's got, Graham Smith and uh, Jeremiah McClellan, should we like be on the lookout for like new offers or like old names like resurfacing before the early signing period? Or what's your feel on that? Yeah, I don't. I I, I definitely know that they want a fourth receiver in the class of 2024. Um, I don't know if maybe someone like Nicholas Marsh up in Michigan is a player that could be worth a watch. Uh, he was formerly committed to Michigan State. Now, like I think Penn State, Michigan State, a handful of teams are in the mix. It's kind of a bigger, like Kojo Antwi type athlete to me, like an explosive athlete. I'm not sure he's like a really polished receiver, which is typically where Brian Hartline's interests lie. It's more with like the the guy who plays receiver, like he wants them to play receiver. Um, right. You know, I think people would talk about like Micah Hudson or someone like that, but that that's just never trans. It's just never materialized. So, uh, I think you'd see new offers. The Buckeyes really do not want to go into the transfer portal for wide receivers, uh, but I suppose as the coaching carousel gets really ramped up here in the next few weeks, if there's like a a freshman wide receiver out there somewhere that maybe Heartline liked in the last cycle, maybe you could see something like that. But certainly not a spot where a third-year guy is going to be approached by Ohio State to come in because, number one, while we expect Emeka Buka and Marvin Harrison and Xavier Johnson to move on, we don't know for sure that Emeka is going to based on physical stuff. We don't know what Julian Fleming is 100% going to do. I think this weekend will be interesting for him because I think he will walk on senior day for Ohio State, but that doesn't mean he can't come back. Uh, but I think it's a situation where if you don't know, then you just go out there and you walk and, and celebrate the moment. Um, but there's still some personnel, you know, things that can change for the Buckeyes, but they want four receivers and Heartline will find one uh, if it's not Chance Robinson, which it still could be. But like I said, I'm just not personally feeling that yet. Got it. Um, two other just quick hitters, visitors from last week. Um, Gabe Van Sickle, offensive lineman, committed to Northwestern. Doesn't talk. He's an offensive lineman. He's quiet, whatever. Um, flip alert, still pretty high on that one, would you say? Yeah, I think it is. I think Northwestern helped themselves this week by announcing that David Braun will be their full-time coach, uh, who, you know, is, who's been running the show over there for Pat Fitzgerald. He's having the interim tag removed. That won't hurt them. I think uh, Northwestern really believed that they had stolen one, uh, in the, in Gabe Van Sickle and Ohio State getting involved has thrown a big wrench into that. But his family's hyper, hyper academic focused. And so there, I suppose there's at least a 20% chance. I, I, I'd put it like, 80-20 Ohio State right now. I don't really like percentages, but um, I don't think you're going to see him make a big proclamation like, oh, on November the 21st, I will make a decision. Uh, like, it'll it'll be a tweet randomly or he won't. I just, he's not a kid that's going to put out, a, I'm sticking with Northwestern. I don't think it'll be anything like that. It'll, I, I don't think it'll be a decommitment followed by a three-week stretch. I think he'll just make a tweet and say, thanks Northwestern, I'm, I'm committed to Ohio State or or not. But I, I would I still feel good about that one for Ohio State. Got it. Um Amiris Williams, North Carolina defensive lineman committed to Florida. Florida's class is completely imploding. Is he going to be the next piece of that implosion? Or do we need to wait until this alleged Tennessee visit happens, which is not happening this weekend, but supposedly might happen in December. So Yeah. The fact that it's not happening this weekend for the Tennessee Georgia game is a big win for Ohio State, I think. And I think it uh, portends some good news there. Uh, the question is, as Florida continues to see their class fall apart, 
are they in a position where they try to get super aggressive NIO wise with Amaris Williams in order to keep him? I suppose that's like the the glass half empty type of glass glass half full, glass half empty type of approach. You don't know where you find a silver lining there. Uh, two visits to Ohio State in three weeks is telling. Uh, I really believe this is a kid who will end up in Ohio State's class. So we're not playing in or out, but like I'll say in. I just I, I don't know when that will happen. But the fact that the Tennessee visit isn't happening this weekend is no way to look at that other than good news. Got it. Sounds about right. Last thing. If the Bengals get down 21 to nothing, I might just turn on Coy, uh, Parrish, Parrish, whatever it is, highlights. Just waiting till December for him, right? The Minnesota. Yeah, he did not get this weekend. His team lost this past weekend. He got hurt right. in that game. They were defending state champions and very disappointing way to end his senior season. But uh, he did tell me on Wednesday he's coming to Ohio State in December. Doesn't have the date set yet, but that is certainly happening. I think you'll also see him make a trip to USC and maybe Florida State as well. How, how does Florida State have room for more defensive backs? I don't know, but uh, apparently they're finding that they since I think they're going to flip uh, or end up landing Kai Bates, who uh, just decommitted from LSU. So lots of things there. Um, and then Jordan Seaton not visiting this weekend. I, I know that there was at least some discussion. Maybe he'll try to make it. He is going to Tennessee this weekend. So that's uh, I said last week, I think that there Tennessee is the team where I've, there's something like that's to me, the team to beat, not Alabama, not anybody else. I think it's Tennessee. Um, Ohio State is working as hard as they can to get him and his family on campus. And maybe that will be in December, the weekend of December 8th and 9th, uh, if they can find a way to make that happen. Uh, that's what they're aiming for. They want to have the last visit. They want to give an opportunity to, for Jordan and his family to be in town without a bunch of distractions uh, because it's such an important opportunity for Ohio State to, to show everything that they have to offer. We'll see. They are, they are trying. They are not giving up. Uh, but... Again, I said it last. I just feel like there's some forces against them here that uh, have influence where maybe it's undue. That's the nicest way I can put it. Yeah, seems that way. Just just get to campus and we'll hold yeah. our breath. That's it. Um, don't That's hold it. your breath too long. Ohio State uh, has a game on Saturday, so you don't want to risk missing that by passing out or anything before then. So take an exhale. Um, the next couple of weeks are going to be crazy on the recruiting front. This weekend will be relatively calm. Next weekend, Ohio State will be in Ann Arbor, so there will not be any visitors coming to town then. But the weekend after, the Buckeyes coaches will be on the road um, if they're not in Indianapolis, and then the, the push for signing day begins. So a lot of stuff coming that we'll be talking about here on the podcast. You can find more conversation over at OhioState.Rivals.com if you want to join me and Andrew there in the Horseshoe Lounge talking about this stuff there. Uh, or you can join the, our text chain here with um, the podcast. It's on the bottom of the screen there, 614-662-4509. You can sign up for a two-week free trial. We do talk some recruiting there. Um, it's it's just a good time to be doing you know, stuff, Andrew. And we're doing a lot of stuff. And that's the end of this episode of Talking Stuff, though, because it's time for us to watch the Bengals. Thanks for watching, everyone. We will see you next week.